<laughs> we're here to talk. Do we really got to do this? <laughs> do we this really got to do podcast. this? I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Not at Akron Jackson at Dre Not on most of your favorite social media platforms. Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast, A to Z podcast.com. Shouts as always to scene to the honeymoon grill, to American fireworks and to Cleveland whiskey. Shouts to you guys for listening, for helping this thing grow. If you are new here, welcome. Thank you for coming. Hope you tell a friend, but we want you to understand we get excited. Um, we venture into mature slash immature subjects. We sometimes say four letter words. So if that's not for you, if you're in a work environment, there are kids around, uh, anything along those lines, either put your earbuds on or come back and listen to us at another time. We don't want anybody to get in trouble for listening to A to Z. Uh, Andre Miles Garrett's in trouble. Um, the Browns highlight night of a season full of embarrassment and disappointment ended in embarrassment and disappointment. They earned the victory. They weren't perfect. They aren't perfect. And with eight seconds left, they just couldn't finish it. Unfortunately, it's a microcosm. Uh, unfortunately, this is something that has many tentacles and is not going to go away quickly like most things in our instant reaction society. Um, I'm exhausted by it on every level. Uh, we're, we're about, I don't know, as we record this, about 12 hours out. That includes my three yeah. hours or so of sleep. Just Yeah, uh, we got about six hours combined. Yeah, so I, I don't know that anyone has fully digested it, um, but, you know, kind of, how have you digested and processed it at this point? It's uh, a good question because there's so many tentacles to this. Um, and I, I guess the best way I can do is try to break it down as just a human being. I think a lot of us, and we have these comments have been made a lot on this podcast and it's going to be made a lot today. Um, I, sports are just, Jen and I were having, I, I, did TV yesterday and I came home. I got home as soon as I could to watch the game. I just wanted to watch at home. I didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be around the imbeciles. I, I saw what last night looked like downtown after working and just being home for me and being able to drink my own beer and being able to have my own, you know, just, it, it, made, it just made more sense for me last night. And I guess I'm getting to that point in my, in my life where, um, sometimes hiding from the, <laughs> from the crazies makes my life a little bit easier. Um, and that's, and that's not nobody in particular. Like I just didn't want to be in the press box. I didn't want to sit outside and freeze. I didn't want to be in a bar. I just want to be at home. And I just wanted to enjoy the game. And after Demarius Randall went, um, helmet to helmet and got thrown out, Jen just kind of flippantly said, she said, you know, football's getting hard to watch. She goes, she goes, cause you know, these guys are like killing each other. She goes, and I go, but we've always known that. And she goes, but yeah, she goes, it's different now we're older. You just realize that some of the, like, she goes, that hit, and like, and my wife, who's, she's a sports fan, she, and she knows sports better than half, half the idiots that, that tweet about it and actually write about it. And she just said, but you know, she goes, how does that guy do that? No, I go, but I go, you black out at times during games. I go, competition makes you black out, and you just, and you do stuff. I'm not saying it's smart. I go, but it happens. And by the time the Miles Garrett thing had happened, she had fell asleep on the couch, and she woke up to me screaming, holy shit. Um, I'll say this because I'm, I I can't condone what Miles Garrett did. There's there's no rhyme reason that you can condone it. And for those that are trying to, you really should go get your head checked out. I don't care what someone else does. You can't react that way. Um, you just can't. And the world has changed. Yeah, I know Turkey Jones and Terry Bradshaw. We can brag about it. And is that part of it? We we all hype it up. We all Don King this. Is it a rivalry? What makes the rivalry? Look at these big like, – I, I get it. But in all of that, you can't react the way Miles Garrett did. 
But I want to say this, and then I'll give it back to you. I would wish we all would take a step back before we comment or say something. Because the one thing about football is that, and we all want these guys to be warriors, to be gladiators, and they emotionally and physically, Zach, go to a line that most of us will never understand or get to. And they do it over and over and over and over. They, they, have, they combat for 15 seconds a pop, 15, 60 times a night, a day, whenever they play. And it's basically hand-to-hand, helmet-to-helmet combat uh, between the strongest individuals in the world. And emotionally and physically, you get to a point where you could snap. Some of you driving down 71 South or, or 76 South today, you may snap just because somebody cuts you off going 65 miles an hour and gives you the finger. 98% of the time, these guys hold their water, as coaches like to say. And you don't see fights. You don't see guys gouging eyes out. You don't see guys ripping helmets off or grabbing guys' nuts or testicles or whatever else. Last night was one of those percentages of the times where the guys couldn't hold back for whatever reason. And unfortunately, Miles Garrett's going to have to pay for it. And Browns fans stopped trying to defend him because he was wrong. And he made a mistake. He's a human being. Now, does this say who Miles Garrett is for the rest of his life? No, but it's going to be a part of the rest of his life. He has a chance over the rest of how many years he has on this planet, on and off the field, to prove who he is. I would like to say one moment in time shouldn't judge what his character is overall for the rest of his life because none of us would want to be judged on who our character and what we are and where we're from and and what we're built upon over the worst moment in our life. His just happened to happen to be captured on live television with millions of people watching across the world. Well, first, I, I like the highway analogy because <clears throat> um, if anybody knows me or listens to this podcast, I have a bit of a potty mouth. I embrace it. I've had it for a long time. That's who I am. Um, sometimes when I'm on the highway and people cut me off, I, I say things so bad I want to wash my own mouth out immediately. Right. Right. Um, me too. You know, these guys live in the extremes. They do. They are winners of the genetic lottery they are capable of with their offhand um beating us mere mortals a lot of you guys forget that they play a dangerous sport dangerous sports they live for this they get there and part of being a pro is being able as you just mentioned dre to get to those to exist in those extremes but to know when to stop right and obviously that didn't um before we dive too far into miles you said something i want to make sure we talk about here uh it was a it was the worst of football all around demarius randall who also like miles i can attest is a good guy and has nothing in his track record that indicates that he is a violent player that is the kind of shot that doesn't belong in football he takes it so did he take a bad angle did he temporarily black out like you mentioned i don't know he needed to be ejected he should be suspended uh, that was one of several headhunting shots on the night that was just bad, right? And um, right. when you start placing blame, why with eight seconds left are we still going at it in that game, given the circumstances, given the gladiator nature and the living in the extremes and all that? Why is Mason Rudolph, who could get crushed by Miles Garrett's left pinky finger, doing what he did and instigating it? Um, so there's a lot of blame to go around. But you just you can't do that. Uh, I don't know what the suspension will be, and I'm not going to sit here and take a, a strong screaming one way or another on what it should be, on whether he should serve jail time or whether he should play football again this year or whatever. Um, 
but it's going to be a multi-game suspension. It has to be. I would imagine that Randall Ogunjobi and, and certainly Pouncey, who landed seven punches and one kick, um, you know, will face some sort of suspension. I would think even Rudolph will be looked at in that light. I don't know by the time they go back and fine-tooth comb that fight, who else may be, right, because it happened so quickly. Um, it's disappointing. You know, bigger Can I ask picture. you a question? Let me, let, right, let me ask you a question real quick. Um, and it gets back to the bigger picture. And I'm being serious when I ask this. Do you think – if you and I – let's say you and I are Roger Goodell and whomever, and I think uh, Brooks, the former linebacker for the Tampa Bay Bucks, he's one of the guys higher up in the NFL that does fines and suspensions. Say, for white and blackness, I'll be Goodell and you be oh, – gosh, that's a lot of money. And you be Brooks. We all know if you look at both of us, we can neither be either neither of them. But would you and – and like I said, this is just Zach and Andre playing their roles. Would you treat the people that responded to Miles – and Mason Rudolph should be fine. Mason Rudolph doesn't deserve a check in my mind, in my mind, because his, you can't react that way. And obviously he was frustrated. He got the hell beat out of him last night. He played like garbage. It, it was a tough night for him. No excuses. Tough night for him. And I think he deserves to get fined and, and have something leveled against him because the NFL has to tell every guy that was on the field, this can't be condoned. You can't grab a guy's helmet. You can't kick a guy between the legs. You can't rip a guy's – like every guy's got to be – but he's saying that. Would you sit in New York and look at how Pouncey responded and how some of the Steelers responded? Would you look at that differently, knowing they saw their quarterback's helmet getting bashed against his fucking skull? Yes, um, I, I could. I would too. Okay, I could completely see a scenario in which Garrett is the only one who actually gets suspended. Same. Okay. Randall not was, okay. notwithstanding, right? That's a different incident. Randall's different. Randall. Yeah. Randall deserves to be suspended because the whole league knows you can't hit people like that anymore. You yeah. just can't. You right. cannot do that. You cannot. Um, yeah, see, that's the interesting part here. And let's talk about the tentacles for Miles Garrett. Um, you can say it's out of character. It happened, right? You can say it's not mm-hmm. related to right. these penalty issues and ending a quarterback season early in the year, but that happened. And here's the deal. I mean, this is a guy that the Browns do not worry about off the field. This is a guy right. who's 23 years old and is just – really growing into his own body and his own game, mm-hmm. right? Um, this is a guy who, in, after these last six games, is eligible for a mega extension, and he's not the player that Khalil Mack is, but this is how this works, guys. You dance with the ones who brought you. Khalil Mack um, 15 months ago got 60 guaranteed. Miles going to get six, between 65 and 80 guaranteed, if it all works out. But now you hey, have this. If the Browns, this and if the, Brown, and if the Browns don't – Right. If the Browns don't give it to him, somebody will, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> so so now you got to think about this. Okay. How long is he going to be suspended? Did he take your faint playoff hopes and crush them by taking your most gifted defensive player and you lose him for the rest of the year? Right. When he comes back, is he going to be the same player? Do you have to worry That's a good question. about revenge and retribution from other teams? You know, nah, you think so? It's a, it's a question, but you think so? I because, do. I and, do. And I, and, okay, okay. And I will say this: some may, but I will say this back to you. I think, and and, and I keep saying, I'm gonna keep saying this, and this is no disrespect towards Zach. I think anybody listening to this podcast knows I I don't agree with everything Zach says, but I have full respect for who he is and his opinion. I just think when you're amongst the guys that that line up and do what they do, Zach. They may not – all right, the Steelers, it's different. The Steelers are going to – there are certain Steelers that are going to hold grudges. 
if I was Miles Garrett, I would not go anywhere a Pouncey brother is over the next four or five years. That's right. just me. I wouldn't I would have did that anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> but I would think and I don't I might be wrong. I would think most guys in the league would be like, you know what, dude? I don't I, you were wrong for what you did, but we've all had that moment on the field where we wanted to just cold clock somebody. You know what I, you, you know what I mean? Like I'm not saying I don't I think guys exactly are just gonna go mean. out of their way. You know what I mean? Like I think guys are gonna say, Hey dude, you fucked up, but I get it. But I think the Steelers now I think the Steelers Browns games from now on, all bets are off. I mean yeah, hell well, they went the coaches didn't even the coaches the coaches didn't even want him to, to shake hands last night after the game. Yeah. I give credit that was the first time Freddie and we got to talk about Freddie because unfortunately he's a part of this. Well, too. Here, that was the first time I, I saw Freddie take Jared. control. Here's why I okay, pose that ahead, question. You know, it's like this: Would you rather get punched seven times and kicked once by Pouncey, or would you rather have some backup guard take a dive at your knee because of what you did? I'd rather get punched by Pouncey because yeah. that guy, that guy that goes at my knee, says, You're, right. that's, and, and, so, and the Steelers will do that. Yeah, and, and, and so then it the reputation something. too, and rightfully so. Yeah. And, and, and the last part of, of the lingering effects here is reputation with officials, with other players. Yeah. And then we know Miles is a different cat. What if the Browns sign him and he decides he doesn't want to play football in a year? I mean, I, I know that might sound like an outrageously <laughs> hot take right now, but I'm saying what what possibly could his mindset be knowing that he did this and, and knowing that right. he's, gonna, he's facing this suspension and knowing that he's this low-key guy that wants no attention and just wants to be NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Right. And now right. he's known by every football fan in America. Yes. Can I say something as you say that real quick? And this is, a, this is an Andre moment. Um, there's certain words that we tweet or we say about people that to me mean other things. Um, and I keep seeing the, the word thug posted to, to Miles Garrett. And I'm going to say something, and people might not like what I'm going to say. I apologize. I'm just going to say this is a moment where I'm going to say something I usually would never say. I got to tell you, a lot of black males feel like when you get called a thug, that's the way for a lot of white people or other people to be called to call you the N word. Be careful what you say about somebody. And I keep saying this just because you judge him off of five seconds of his mind lapsing. Miles Garrett didn't grow up like most NFL football players. Miles Garrett is the furthest thing in the world away. And I'm not. I'm not his lawyer. I'm not his father. I'm not his mother. I'm not his brother. I'm not his family. I'm just saying you may want to do some background checks and truly find out who he is before you start throwing out the, the thug word upon him. Did he have a moment in time, a minute in time, where he really lost his mind and snapped? Yes. But Miles Garrett grew up pretty affluent. Miles Garrett grew up in Texas. His brother, his stepbrother played NBA basketball. He's not – just don't look at him as some black kid that's got this unbelievable talent that just got lucky in the 1% there. He was pretty lucky before he even got drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Um, I know that that's a fun thing to do, but I hate that. I hate J.R. Smith got the same thing. J.R. Smith didn't grow up in the hood. J.R. Smith went to Catholic schools. And like, I just I, – Zach is just one of those things that, that penetrates my soul and pisses me off because yeah. it's, an easy, it's an easy way to be racist, to just throw that out there. And you know, my, you've, you've interviewed Miles and been around Miles more than me, so I don't have any connection to him. I just – I try to do my background and know who these guys are coming from. And I think you could tell better than I am. Miles Garrett it didn't grow up in the streets of some tough, tough place. He grew up pretty decently. Not that that's nor here nor there. I just hate when I see people that I think are educated people just instantly call somebody a thug because of something they did in one minute. And I'll go back to driving on the highway. 
You want to be judged the one time when you do throw out the word that you would never use in front of your mom, your grandmother, or your grandfather, but you do because some asshole cut you off and he's in a speeding lane and you, you let loose? Do you really want me to judge Zach Jackson because of that one moment when there's so much more to you? Well, it depends on how the rest of my morning has gone, quite frankly. <laughs> Sometimes I mean that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most honest thing you have ever said in your life. <laughs> and you're right. But, all right, let, let me ask you this. And I don't know, if you don't want to go here yet, we don't have to. We can go wherever you want. Um, I'm a human being. I'm raising my hand with nobody around me, but I'm doing this. Um, and this is, and I'm going to do a show today. I'm in for Triv today. I'm all fucking days I have to do radio. I'm really thinking about calling off sick because I can't deal with the bullshit. And I'm too honest, and I already don't care uh, about that. And I shouldn't have put that on the podcast, but I am who I am. Um, and I know some people feel strongly about this, so I want to say everything how I'm saying it right. Freddie Kitchens, you guys were in Indianapolis. I was somewhere on the road. You know where I'm going with this. Um, and you and I had some really good conversations. I think some of them were podcasts about how practices were going with the Colts. You know where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. right, Zach? And Freddie was pushing upon his players to take no shit, basically. And on one hand, I was in the background clapping, saying, okay, he's trying to build an identity that we no longer will be pushovers. And I was all for that. But now it's streaming back. I remember Dustin Fox saying this, and Dustin, I would never call you a cracker. You're my guy. You live around the corner from me. My family, I love you. I don't mean we got to agree on everything, but Dustin, I'll give him credit. Now, remember, Dustin played for Jim Trestle. Jim Trestle is about as opposite as Freddie Kitchens as you can get. And Dustin said right away, he's like, I don't know. You got to be disciplined because I don't know if that's the best way to to build a culture. And we're going to go back to that C word, culture. In the last two and a half weeks, and I know some people don't want me to to compare this or whatever else, but I will. My podcast, I can. Your two back-to-back first overall picks. You say what you will about the Jesus Tony moment. It's still not a good, it's an embarrassing moment for your franchise. Your two number one picks, your two faces of the franchise, the two, and, and literally five seconds before this happened, I don't know if you saw the tweet I tweeted. It was right after Chubb went over a thousand yards, and I was like, this is who the Browns should be building. Their t- the focal point of building the Browns on and off the field should be Nick Chubb. And I was like, no shade towards anyone else. Nick Chubb is who the Browns should be making their focal point. I just happened to tweet that right before this happened. But to go back to my whole Freddie thing and everything else, in the last two and a half weeks, you're two pillars of the organization that you're trying to build the organization upon, two young cats with all the ability in the world, with all the markability in the world, with all the talent in the world, have embarrassed the shit out of you. And for everybody that wants to blame Freddie, and Freddie does, in the call, he plays somewhat in this as well. I don't know how much or how, more, you know, how less. For all those people that love the Sashi Brown wars and the build it down, you know, break it down, this is what happens when you have no culture. You have no older guys to, to, to be lead. You're a rudderless ship is what the Cleveland Browns are. They have – you have these young, talented kids that really want to do well. They're trying their best to do well. But they have no guidance from older veterans, from, from older presences within the organization to say how to go about dealing with this. And to me, this is – and I think in all sports – we're seeing a breakdown in fundamentals and respecting the game because you just have a bunch of young guys trying to figure out on their own. And analytics, and I'm not beating up analytics, and this isn't that. The analytics guy, 
room to say, well, what about the personal connection between people to help them through tough situations? Yeah, that veteran may be taking a million dollars off the roster. He may, you know, he may be taking a spot away from some 22-year-old nut job that may be able to help you run down on kickoffs. But to me, there's something about having veteran presence to teach a Baker Mayfield how to deal with to deal with the with crowd noise and what to say and what not to say. For Miles Garrett of dude, they're going to come at you. They're going to double team you. They're going to take your knees out. Here's how you get them back without without getting penalized. Here's how you get them back without cameras catching you do it. Here's what you say when you're really pissed off at the media, but you really don't need to start that. It's a rudderless ship with no culture, and it goes back to that because now your two biggest icons of your organization over the last two and a half, three weeks have browned it by making headlines about something outside of what their real jobs are. Yep. Here's how you get them back. You point to the scoreboard and you jog in the locker room and cash your paycheck. Boom. Boom. And then you go put on one of your furry outfits and play with your dog all weekend and put up pictures on Instagram. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, but do you, do you get where I'm saying? I know exactly I know what you're saying. Listen, I know exactly what you're saying. And for all the shit that Freddie deserves and for the overall culture lack thereof, for the overall immaturity of the team, that most certainly starts with the head coach. Um, Although the Miles incident is different, and no one blames Freddie, and no one blames anyone in particular, it is, he don't coach penalties. That he don't coach throwing your helmet at people. Well, it is, right. <laughs> it is systemic, and I would say this. I right. know this because we've been here every year. Because what for the Browns, the off season is always the season. That's just how it's been, right? It's been the exciting part of the year. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I'm man. constantly saying that what happens in OTAs has nothing to do with training camp, and what happens to do with training camp in the preseason has nothing to do, and that that's been proven over time. But in this case, when you want to trace back to that second day in Indy, when this team just showed that they were more interested in bullying and putting their chests out, and you know mm-hmm. this whole bravado shit for an organization mm-hmm. that has not been to the playoffs in 17 years and has not had a winning season in 12 years, and of 50-some guys on the roster has like six who have ever played in a playoff game. Mm, Yeah, mm, you mm. can draw those connections. You can. And it's sad and it's embarrassing. And and listen, when you constantly root for a team that constantly is this embarrassing, then I get why you get excited about winning a practice on August fucking 17th. Right? (laughs) Right, right, right. But I would love – and like I said, I – I would love to sit here and say it's ridiculous to draw those comparisons. But look at the penalty yards. Look at the penalties accepted. Look at the overall status of the operation. They look out of control. Like I said, first of all, credit the defense for as bad as Rudolph was. Uh, And we are seeing glimpses. They they made him that bad, though. Yes, they did. He was bad. and 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 that's what sucks about this. I, I was looking forward to you and I doing this right now and talking about the defensive line finally showing up and playing like the defensive line that we all thought. I was ready to praise Chad Thomas, even though he had a dumbass penalty as well. I was ready to praise Chad Thomas for showing up when the lights came on, when he finally got an opportunity. Because that's when that's when real organizations make a turn. Like we like you you tweeted it out and you've written about it in your book. But we always know one of the big turns for the Steelers was obviously when you had the William Green-Joey Porter fight, right? And that brought along James Harrison. 
And for the for the Steelers, it was oh my god, we lost we lost the sack leader of our team for this game, and all of a sudden we bring this kid from Akron that we've cut four times. We brought him on, and he becomes the, our next stud. And I'm not saying Chad Thomas was suddenly becoming uh, James Harrison, but in a night like last night, under the lights, where you see him go out there, he almost had an interception. He gets the sack. He's knocking balls down. He's chasing stuff down. You're going, holy shit, the Browns drafted somebody in the third, fourth round who didn't play for a little while, and he's making plays when it matters. He's on the opposite side of Miles Garrett, and he, we may not need you know, you, it. And instead, we don't even talk about how the defensive line went after a, a Pro Bowl offensive line and kicked its ass. It kicked the Steelers' ass for three and a half quarters last night, and that's not even a discussion today in Cleveland. Right. Um, you know, the difference was the defense was so good and Rudolph was so bad that they got away with two, two and a half quarters of solid football being enough. And like I said, it's not ever going to be perfect, right? No. Especially when you're in the mode that you put your – where you've left yourself zero margin for error. It's just about find a way. And picking the guy off in your territory, in the, you know, is the great way to do that, right? Right, <laughs> um, right. It's a great way to find a way. So, you know, it just – it's just the whole thing is exhausting, and it's, again, it's always something extra with this Browns team that's not about football. And then on yeah. the moment when you finally get your national TV, big boy, Thursday game, <laughs> you beat the Steelers, the team you've been trying to beat for so long, when they're on this win streak and they're in playoff position, and you position yourself to again play relevant games and get a chance to build because Kareem Hunt has changed this offense, folks. Um, no doubt. You know, again, it's just everybody's talking about something else. The focus is on something else. I mean, at 3 in the morning last night, Kareem Hunt's on ESPN Radio offering life advice to Miles Garrett about what happens when you get angry. Right, right. It's like, think about that. Talk about life coming at you fast. Think about that. Life coming at you fast. You would never <laughs> – and, of course, there's people killing the media. Look, Andre and Zach don't speak. I don't speak for Zach Jackson, and Zach doesn't speak for me. But I think the one thing we would agree upon, just like every person in your family is a little bit different, just like everybody on that 53-man roster is a little bit different, but they're named as a team, stop joining us all together as the media. I'm not the guy that's on ESPN. I'm not the guy on Fox Sports. I'm not the guy that's on 8.50 a.m. I hate being I hate being thrown together when it all oh, black people are represented by this or white people are represented by this. The media is rep- no, we're not. We're all individuals. So yeah, just because somebody in the media thinks it should be an assault or this or that, I don't tend to think that. I think I think the one thing that's great about sports and the old school people in sports that I get to be around, that I'm blessed to be around, whether it's in baseball, whether it's in football, whether it's in basketball, and I think and when I say that, I think of Jim Jones, who I respect dearly. Rick Manning, who I respect dearly, and, and Doug Deacon, who I respect dearly. The one rule that they always tell me about sports that I love, that I think a lot of people, that whether they didn't play or whether they just don't get it, don't understand, we don't need to pol- – they police themselves. They don't need the police to police the game. The game will police itself, whether it's baseball, whether it's football or basketball. All of the veteran guys I know and talk to, they always say, if we just shut up, let the players police themselves, and it'll all get taken care of the way it should get taken care of. I tend to agree with that thought process. I don't want to. I don't jump on the radio or television. I I stayed away from doing interviews. This is the first time I've talked about anything. Is I only reason I was going to do it was you. I wasn't going on anybody's radio show or anything else. 
But why is that such a hard concept for so many people? And I will say this. I will turn this back on the media because this is not the media's fault. The media didn't put that helmet in Miles' hand and tell Miles to do that. But just like anything else in life, people, there are certain people in the media, just like in everyday life, that live for these moments, right, Zach? They live for these moments where they can make themselves a part of the story. Well, learn how to ignore Learn how to ignore those people. Reaction, like you talk about the labeling of a right. thing. Um, I guess it was deleted, but as soon as it happens, ESPN's Justine Anderson tweets, "Well, I bet Rudolph said something racial to Garrett." Oh, you can't say it. See, I mean, that's, how freaking irresponsible well. is that? completely irresponsible you can't do that you cannot do that you cannot do that that's ridiculous i don't know and and that's and here that's the other thing it's talking about policing yourself dude and i I heard and i've got good friends who i respect and they'll say remain nameless dude you know mason tried to grab his nuts dude you know mason tried to say something and i just sent back the friends that i love i go so what so what it still doesn't that still doesn't mean it's okay to do what he did like, you know, like, it doesn't make it okay. You it's the whole thing. Every in-bomb, <laughs> you're right. Everybody understands intensity. Everybody understands tempers. But the, there's the line. And then when you way, way cross it, you deserve every criticism, every punishment. And when you let your team down, your franchise down, and you put everyone involved in such a negative light, you pay the consequence. It's inexcusable. It's way over the line. Yeah. All right. Let's. It's way over the line. All right. Let's. I want to ask you about Freddie. Because... And, and this has been the unfair thing about Freddie all along. We've kind of known this as I come out to check my mails. I'm a suburban dad all the way through in my sweatpants and Nikes. You know, there's some things about Freddie, and, I, and, I, and I've said it all along. I like Freddie Kitchens as a person. I don't know if he can lead my organization or my team if he would have been my choice. Um, but obviously, when Dorsey made him the head coach, he or Dorsey, whomever with the Cleveland Browns, made him the head coach they knew that there were going to be some ups and downs, right? Because he's a first-year coach. And you couldn't think that he was going to be Bill Belichick on August 17th. So there's going to be some trials and tribulations. And obviously, they've had some trials and tribulations. On the field, Zach, whether it be the Antonio Callaway situation yesterday and how they finally dealt with it the right way. And, hey, a lot of that goes on Dorsey for, for drafting and bringing in the type of guys he's bringing in. We all know that he's – on the nice side, you can say he, gives, he likes giving guys a second chance. On the other side, you can use the bug word that I don't like. It's time for him to use the Mangini draft list this April, ain't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. But I will say <laughs> that's great. So look out, white linebackers in Nebraska. You got a chance. Yeah. Princeton, <laughs> we need some more Princeton Tigers on this team. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Princeton, hey, everybody get ready. Here comes the Browns. Um, there have been some changes with how the Browns have played, though, over the last three weeks. Like, you can tell Freddie is trying his ass off, Zach. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, and I'm, he's changed up offensive strategy. You bring up uh, Hunt. How he's used – Hunt is going to change the whole season, how they're using him. Um, the Callaway situation – and you know what? I'm behind Freddie 100% on what's going on with Hollywood. I'm not buying it. Like, why can't we respect the, the idea? Because Freddie needs to win more than you need to win. Think about that as you're, as you're driving your car, you're listening to this podcast, and, and, and you bitch about them not using Hollywood Higgins. I don't know the situation. I'm not there. I'm not Hollywood. I'm not Freddie. But Freddie needs to win football games more than you do. So, therefore, don't you think Freddie would use just about anything and anybody on the field if he thought that would make the team better, that would help him get wins? So, I'm, I'm, I'm with Freddie on whatever's going on with Hollywood. Because, to me, 
winning is the first thing Freddie needs to do. I guess what I'm getting at is I feel sympathetic towards Freddie Kitchens today because I feel like the team is everything that we all bitched about two, three weeks ago. The penalties have been down until yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. He got his team prepared. He got his team prepared to play Pittsburgh. I will give him that. They came out and they out the Steelers. The problem is they don't know the line yet. The problem is they don't know how to win. They were out in the Steelers without hitting, without knocking guys out. They were beating them on the line of scrimmage. They were playing good football. They had a good game plan. They came out in that first drive. Now, I'm not saying Freddie is perfect. I'm not. My point is you can see strides Freddie is taking, but today, Freddie, for the next three days, and because this happened on Thursday night football, Freddie is going to take a beating because his team looks uncivilized, out of pocket, too many penalties, and guys seem to be doing whatever the fuck they want to do. All right, this just came across. Miles Garrett suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. Okay, so I'm going to have to get to work, so some thoughts here. Uh, there will be a time for Freddie. However, Dre, perception is reality in pro sports, right? And especially right here on this podcast, two games without penalties and eight games with penalties, that's a congrat. I mean, that's just that's just what it is for those two games. It's what it is. It's what it should be. All right, so quick, I think- quick stories, a little bit of glory days before we get out of here. I promise, guys, we're going to talk about Chase Young. I want to talk about P.J. Fleck. I want to talk a lot of college football. I want to talk a little. Me too. <laughs> this is just what it is. So we'll have a long week next week um, and then into Thanksgiving where we've always been able to get some guests on here. So so we will see. So um, long story short, some buddies of mine go I go way, way back with about a year ago. Well, actually more like 13 months ago before the before everything turned positively for the Browns based on Brown standards. I get it. They were able to get some season tickets for no markup, no fees, you know, no inflated, whatever. And they're at the point in their lives where, you know, a couple of them got kids old enough to, to go once or twice. They they can only go as a group once or twice or, you know, a season. But two of them have goofy shifts, so when they can go, they don't necessarily have to work on Monday morning, which is a plus. Anyway, they buy the season tickets. They're They're in, the four of them, and they'll divvy them up as they go. So smartly, they ride up with me sometimes because I have a good parking pass and I'm obviously <laughs> there to work and a sober driver. So they're, they're being responsible adults now that they're 40 or so. And that's, that's huge progress if you know them. Tremendous progress. <laughs> For and all, so yes, yes. I get, I get a lot of entertainment out of it, quite frankly. <laughs> I don't have to drive my car to the stadium. And, you know, on the way right. home, they say and do things that we laugh about for hours. You get so you get a better post game show than we get on the radio. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so on the way up, game one, September eighth or whatever it was, we're up driving up seventy seven, and they're playing the scenario game of what if the Browns were a top two seed and hosting a playoff game? Would you sell your ticket for X amount, like around a thousand dollars, knowing that you could basically pay for the season but still go to the AFC Championship game? Right. That's what they're playing on September eighth, ten a.m. So September 8th, 7.30 p.m. is we're going down the road and everybody's got headaches and regret. <laughs> My friend Rick looks up and goes, uh, I don't know if this was a good idea. <laughs> so <laughs> Anyway, we always park in the same lot and generally in the same spot because I like to get there early. And obviously they they do too. They you know because you're because you're an eight because you're an eighty year old man. Yes, I hate traffic. <laughs> I hate people. Yes, I get there super early. So 
they basically <laughs> camp out and say hello to people. Well, every week before the games, they talk with Deke. And then sometimes I think after the game, Deke might have a smoke and maybe even a pop with them from time to time. Yeah, so that's my Deke boy. Park, so last night, just like has happened the other games, Deke parks his car about four spots away, and comes on down and says hello and starts shaking hands with these guys. Well, I was on the phone right. on the other side of the car, so he didn't see me. So he's just, you know, bitch. being deep, being friendly, shooting the bull with these guys. And I come around the corner and he goes, oh, and he looks and he goes, I didn't know you guys were associated with him. And they start chuckling <laughs> and he looks at him and he goes, well, <laughs> what do we have here, guys? Four gas bags and a dirt bag. <laughs> <laughs> and Deke wheels around and limps his old ass into the stadium. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. I love. All right, love, so love I got to get guy. to work on this mile stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks to Cleveland Whiskey, to American Fireworks, to Scene, to Honeymoon Grill. Hey, one quick thing. I know you got to go tomorrow night, Barley House. There's a number. Um, we have the highest number of tickets sold ever for the Rec to Connect Foundation. Um, night that we'll have the celebrity bartending event that we'll have at the Barley House over, I shouldn't even tell the number, but it's almost double what it was three years ago. Thank you for all that have done that. If you're coming, come early. Um, the Barley House is going to, we're, we're moving stuff around to make this thing work. Um, it should be a fantastic night. Thank you to all that have been there. Um, and I hope it's a great night and I appreciate it. And don't bring up, uh, don't bring up the word thug to me on Saturday night unless you want me to Miles Garrett you. Appreciate all of you. <laughs> Thank you for all of your, your support. Um, and can you tell what you told me? Is it? Are we allowed to say out loud that we've been? This has been one of our biggest months. Was that last month or this month? Yes. Yeah, so uh, in October, you know, we didn't even get to do two a week, but we fell just short of it being the biggest month in AZ history for the number of downloads. And considering the Indians weren't in the playoffs, um, right. You can trace the other biggest months back to the fi- you know the Cavs being in the NBA Finals and the Indians being in the postseason. Thank you guys. So keep spreading the word. Um, if you are going to the event tomorrow, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for something in my house. I know you're shocked that I would lose something, and I found the only two remaining yeah. T-shirts. So I'm giving those to Andre. I think they already have a, a book of mine. So um, yep. go out, have a good time. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you Monday or Tuesday. Kanichiwa. Kanichiwa. Miles Garrett. He ain't gonna be back this year. We might as well Kanichiwa. Thanks for listening.